have so much trouble with the mask in the morning when I try to do announcements. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. And I hope you get comedy out of me trying to take my mask off to do announcements. Uh, a couple of quick announcements here. We have these Thanksgiving bags. If you are here in person, I know Susan Copeland probably walked around and gave you one. But if you're watching online, we have a list of items that you can get for these bags to be dropped off at the church. And just like every year, this goes to the Salvation Army, to families in need this Thanksgiving. So uh, make sure you're a part of that. It's an awesome way to uh, make sure everybody has a Thanksgiving meal. It's a great thing to do. Uh, Wednesday nights, we have some exciting things coming up. Harriet Murray's class starts this Wednesday, and you don't want to miss it. It's going to be great. They're going to be in person um, here at the church in room 116, studying Incarnation and Advent Study by Adam Hamilton. It's going to be great. Uh, Pastor Sam still has a class online. And then in December, Pastor Sam's going to have his Bible study move into the sanctuary in December. And you can come in person for that if you would like. But it's also going to remain online as well. And this is a huge announcement. JT, I hear you have some friends coming here this week. Uh, so the Gadsden State Community Choir is going to be here November 18th at 2 p.m. And everybody's welcome to join us in the sanctuary for that. It is going to be great. Um, here's our last announcement. Our children's ministry has a fall picnic today from 1230 to 2 at Jennifer Smith's house. It's going to be so much fun, isn't it? And all the food's provided. So if you're watching this online or if you're in person and you want to check this picnic out, it's at 1230 to 2 at Jennifer Smith's house. It's going to be great. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we are able to come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our mind and our anxieties this morning and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning as we worship together, I invite you to stand as we sing the great Wesley hymn, O for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, hymn number 57.
remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. It's good to see you this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you. It's good to worship with you, whether you're worshiping uh, with us by, on YouTube or Sermon.net or Facebook Live or here in person. Uh, we are connected in heart and we are worshiping God together in spirit and in truth, and that is what counts. And I'm glad that you're here. Uh, it's a privilege to worship with you today. Uh, Miss Catherine's going to take our children to Children's Church. They are going to be in good hands with her today. Um, so it's exciting to see our kids. And I know they're looking forward to the, to the picnic today. It's, I think the rain's going to clear up for us too. That's great. I want to thank you for supporting your church by your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service and your witness. That's what we promised to do when we joined the church. If you have not sent in your generosity card yet and you got one of these in the mail, I want to encourage you to do that as soon as you can. It helps our finance team uh, prepare for 2021 as we think about the ministry that we will be doing. We're, we're having to get creative. We're having to explore new areas that we never thought we'd explore. We're expanding our digital ministry in ways we, uh, we never dreamed of. And we need your support as always, and we thank you for it. If you have prayer requests, if you have uh, moments of joy and, and answers to prayer, we wanna hear all of that. And right now, I want you to join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. God, you are so good to us. And we want to stop right now, and despite everything that's going on in, in this world, we want to say, thank you, Lord. We want to say with thankful hearts, we trust you, God. We trust you to take care of our needs. We trust you to take care of our friends who really, really need a touch from you right now. For those who are grieving, for those who need strength to carry on, for those who just don't know if they can go another step, we trust you, Lord, and we ask that you would meet all of us at our point of need. Lord, we always need your forgiveness. We always need your grace because we don't always do what you want us to do. We don't always follow your will. So we are nothing without you. So pour out your grace upon us today. Give us discernment. 
May your Holy Spirit open our ears and our eyes and our hearts. May you open our hands and help us to be generous with our service and with our gifts. We give you all the praise and the glory. And we ask that you teach us to pray the prayer you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What a beautiful song and how very appropriate for what we're talking about today. As you will see when you turn to Psalm 116, if you want to grab your Bible at home and turn over there with us, it's going to be up on the screen for for those who are in the sanctuary. And uh, we're going to be sharing verses 12 through 19 as we talk about uh, having a thankful heart. That's that's our theme for all of the month of, of November 
is having a thankful heart and what we do with that, what we do with that thankful heart. And here's what the psalmist said in verses 12 through 19 in Psalm 116. What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving girl. You loosed my bonds. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord, in the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, sometimes when you go through something that's, that's real traumatic and real dramatic, you, you come through the other side and it just changes you a little bit. It makes you a different person. It changes your relationships with people and it changes your relationship with God. That's what happened to a friend of, of mine named Steve, who we lost this year in June, um, much too soon. None of us were ready to say goodbye to Steve, but Steve uh, was an interesting guy. He grew up in Louisiana, and he grew up, as we say in the country, wild as a buck. He ran with the wrong crowd. He uh, got into trouble all the time. He got into drugs. He got into stealing to feed his drug habit. He got thrown in jail several times. And this last time he got thrown in jail in his home state of Louisiana, one of the terms of his parole, I guess you could say, was that he had to get out of the state. <laughs> they said, we never want to see you come across the state line again. So they kicked him out of Louisiana. And he wandered around for a while, just bounced from here to there, ended up in Nebraska. And he, again, ran with the wrong crowd. And by this time, he was the wrong crowd. <laughs> you wouldn't have wanted to be around him in those days. He, he was uh, just wild and uncontrolled. And he got into trouble over and over again. And the last time he got in trouble, he went to the penitentiary. And he did, as they say, hard time. And he was a hardened man. He was at the bottom of, of the barrel. And he didn't think that he was going to live. He told me, he was telling me this story. He said, I didn't think I was going to live through it. He had a recurring dream that he would die before his 25th birthday, that he'd never lived to see 25. And he was well on his way to going there. And as a matter of fact, he did sort of live out that dream because um, before his 25th birthday, because of an old man in the cell next door and because of a persistent prison minister that came in, my friend Steve, gave his life to Christ. And he said, you know what, I did die. Two months before his 25th birthday, he said the old Steve died and the new Steve started to live. And I know you've heard about jailhouse conversions and everything, but God got a hold of this guy. And after he got out of prison, he became a, a minister, he got married, he had children, he had grandchildren. 
And at the time he passed back in June of this year, he had served his church, Abundant Grace Church in Sheffield. He had served there for 21 years and made a tremendous difference. So I want to just tell you Steve's story as a way of saying this. You never know what God is going to do to a person's life after they bring them through a a traumatic experience. Um, It reminded me of something. I was listening to my Spotify this week, and I was listening to Al Green. Any of y'all like Al Green? Oh, listen, that's some good music there. So I was listening to Al Green, and I was thinking not just about his music, but I was thinking about his story. Because when I was really into his music in in the teenagers, I know, I know. I grew up in the 70s, but at least we had good music. So, um, I know. So, I was really into his music, and his story is, do you know about his story? He was living in Memphis, and he got in a terrible fight with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend threw a pot of boiling grits on him. And it, it, it was awful. He had second-degree burns all over his body, and, and after his girlfriend hit him with the pot of boiling grits, she went and she killed herself right then and there. And so he was traumatized to the point of not knowing if he was going to live to the point of not knowing if he wanted to live. He just didn't think he could go on. And at that lowest point of his life, he cried out to God and God heard his cry. And today, if you go online and you look up, he still sings secular music, but if you look up his name, you will find it's the Reverend Al Green now, because he serves a church in Memphis, I think called Full Gospel Tabernacle, some, somewhere over to Graceland. And Pastor Andy and I are gonna go to that church one of these days. I, I just go, I wanna go to Al Green's church, you know. Um, but, Something else I was thinking about this week, about all the people that I I know their stories and how sometimes they go through these changes. And I was listening to Bob Dylan this week. Now I know not everybody likes Bob Dylan and my daughter, Emily Kate, took a class on the poetry of Bob Dylan in, in the Jan term at Birmingham Southern. She can tell you a lot more about Bob Dylan than her daddy can, but I got this one up on her. Emily Kate, if you're watching, listen to this. When I was going to UNA, uh, Bob Dylan came just up the road to Muscle Shoals to record his second gospel album. Did you even know Bob Dylan had gospel albums? His second one was the best one. It was called Saved, and he recorded it there in Muscle Shoals, and I was real excited about it. And when it came out, I have to say, I just about wore that album out. Now, I say album. What I really mean is cassette, because I was cool, and I had moved on from eight-track tapes, and I was now listening to cassettes, because this was the 80s, after all, you know? So I just about wore it out. And I'm telling you all of that to share this one thing with you today. It's a song from that album and it's called, What Can I Do For You? It goes like this, this is from the Bob Dylan album, Saved. It says, you have given everything to me, what can I do for you? You've given me eyes to see, 
what can I do for you? And then in the song, he goes on to talk about all of the things that God brought him through that he never thought he'd live to, to get through. And I won't read all of the lyrics, but I just want to share this, this last little bit with you. He said, you've given all there is to give. What can I give for you? You've given me life to live. How can I live for you? And then this is the personal part. He says, I know all about poison. I know all about fiery darts. I don't care how rough the road is. Show me where it starts. Whatever pleases you, tell it to my heart. Well, I don't deserve it, but I sure did make it through. What can I do for you? You see, whether you're a Bob Dylan fan or not, and you may like his music, but not his gospel music, whatever, that idea, that, that sentiment, that sentiment that is, is shared by so many, that's shared by the psalmist in Psalm 116, that Bob Dylan spoke in a way that only Bob Dylan can speak. What can I do for you, God? You've done so much for me. That's what I want us to think about today. God, you've brought me through so much. I didn't know I would, I didn't know if I would make it through. I really didn't know if I'd make it through. But you brought me through. So now what can I do for you? That's where the psalmist was in Psalm 116. We don't know who wrote it for sure. We, some people think it was David and when he was hiding out in caves and King Saul was trying to kill him. He went through a whole lot in his life. It could have been, we don't know who the psalmist was, but we know he was about to die. He thought he was going to die. He said, uh, he said, the snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol, the place of the dead, the pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, I pray, save my life. And then he goes on to say, for you, God, delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I walked before the Lord in the land of the living. I made it through. I made it through. And then a thousand years before the birth of Christ and 2,000 years before the birth of Bob Dylan, the psalmist says this, what shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? In other words, hey God, you've done so much for me. Now what can I do for you? And then the psalmist goes on to say four things that he wants to do for the Lord out of a thankful heart. The first one is, he says, I'm going to bring a thank offering, God. I'm going to bring it to your sanctuary and give to you. The thank offering goes all the way back to the Old Testament practice of bringing an offering and offering it uh, in the sanctuary to the Lord. Uh, if you look in Leviticus chapter 3 and Leviticus chapter 7, uh, they would, well, they had different kinds of offerings. You know, they would have a guilt offering, they'd have a sin offering, and the book of Leviticus is very specific about what parts of the animal you put in sacrifice and all of this and where you put the blood and all of that kind of stuff. Kind of gross, actually. But uh, there was a different kind of offering. It wasn't a sin offering, it wasn't a guilt offering. It, it was a voluntary offering. It was a free will offering, and it was called a thank offering or a, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And it was just one of those things that when you just felt like saying, Lord, you have seen me through, and I just want to say thanks. 
And that's what he's talking about here. I'm giving a thank offering to the Lord. The second thing he said I'm gonna do, because of a thankful heart, I'm gonna lift up the cup of salvation. And this is the, the part of the sacrifice when, when the priest would, would lift up the cup that would be filled with wine and he would pour a portion of the wine on the altar, right? And the symbolism here is that the person who the worshiper is, is pouring out his life, pouring out his service to God, pouring it out as an offering. That's the same kind of idea that Paul was talking about in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 when he was coming to the end of his life. And he said uh, to Timothy, he said, now I'm, I'm poured out like a drink offering. And you, you might be familiar with these words that Paul writes. He says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. I'm poured out. But Paul's attitude was, God, after all that you have brought me through, it's only right that I just pour out my life to you like an offering, like an offering. The third thing that the psalmist does, uh, because he has a thankful heart, is he shares food with all of his friends and family. You see, after the sacrifice of thanksgiving, where they bring the, the animal in to give a thank offering, and then the, after the cup of salvation is lifted and poured onto the altar, then the next thing they do, the priest would hold back a portion of the meat from the barbecue. Let's just be honest, they were having a barbecue. All right, you know, an Old Testament barbecue, but it's still a barbecue. They would hold back part of the, the, of the barbecue, the offering, and they would have a feast with it, with their friends and their family. And during the feast, as a part of the feast, the worshiper would stand up and publicly declare the Lord's name and say, we wouldn't have any of this if God had not been so good to us. It all comes from God. It's, it's kind of the way that we do when we have a, a meal and we bow our heads together and we say thank you God thank you God we wouldn't have any of this God you blessed the earth with rain so that the food could grow from the earth and the farmers did the work and the truckers brought it in and we we thank you God we, we didn't earn any of this this all comes from you God thank you for all of your mercies the fourth thing the psalmist did was he said this, following the ceremony, following the thank offering and the cup of salvation and the feast, this is really personal, the really personal part. The worshiper said, the psalmist says, God, I'm gonna keep all of my promises. I'm gonna keep the vows that I made because you know when I didn't think I was gonna make it, God, I promised a lot of things. Have you ever been there, you know? Have you, ever, have you ever had one of those moments where you said, God, if you just let me live through this, I promise that I will do this, this, and this. Well, that's what the psalmist says. I'm just going to keep my promises. God, you have kept your promises. You're so faithful. I'm going to keep my promises. So I want to stop right here. I, I want to stop right here. And every single person, if you're here in this sanctuary or if you're sitting in your in your living room, in your pajamas. This is something for all of us. Here in this moment in time, and right where we are right now, not 
2,000 years ago, right where we are right now, what can we do for God? Because you see, God has brought us through. God's brought us through a lot. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful. I, I'm thankful just, just to be here. I'm not just talking about 2020. I can look back over my life. I can see lots of times in my life that, that were more difficult than right now. And I, I made it through. Sometimes I didn't know if I was going to make it through, but I made it through. And I'm thankful. Are you thankful too? So, so what could we do in our, our day and time? How can, how can we live into this, lean into this question from Psalm 116? Yeah, and even lean into the question that Bob Dylan asks. What can I do for you, God? I think we could do the same four things. Not in the exact same way. We don't go out to the herd and bring in a, an animal and slaughter it and put it on the altar. You know, we don't do that. But we do give a thank offering. Okay? Because nobody's twisting our arm. It isn't out of guilt when we send these cards out. It isn't out of compulsion that we say, okay, you've got to do this to atone for your sins or something like that. No. It's God has blessed me. I want to be a blessing to my church. This is our thank, our tithes and offerings. That's our thank offering to God. We can do that. We can do that as a sacrifice of thanksgiving. The, the second thing is we can also lift up the cup of salvation. You know, it's, it's called the cup of salvation because, you know, God saves our lives. And because of that, then why could we not also pour out our lives in service to him? Last week we talked about how we could serve with a thankful heart, pour out our lives as an offering to God. I've had people before say, well, I just don't know. I don't know what I could do. I don't know. I just don't think I have anything to offer. My rule of thumb for serving is this. You know, we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Just a few minutes ago, we prayed, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My rule of thumb about serving is look around you and find something that doesn't look like heaven and make it look more like the kingdom of God. Whatever your passion is and wherever your passion intersects a point of need that you see around you, that's where you're called to serve. It's not, it's not that complicated. But pour out your cup of salvation. And then when we share our food with each other, you know, I don't know, you might have to change your plans for Thanksgiving this year. You may have to do like some of us, I think we're going to do some Skyping <laughs> for some of, our, uh, some of our Thanksgiving and Christmas plans. And y'all, I want to encourage you, we're going to get there. We're going we're gonna to get to the place where we can be shoulder to shoulder and we can kneeling beside each other and this place can be packed out. But it's a slow train coming and we're not there yet. But whatever that looks like for you, whatever it looks like for you, would you be willing to do like the psalmist did? And would you be willing to say in your family gathering, when your friends or however, or just, just in your heart, God, I thank you because I wouldn't have any of this without you. I wouldn't have this nice Thanksgiving meal. 
And one of the things you can do is, Pastor Andy showed you before, as a way of being thankful and sharing the feast with everybody, you know, not just us, but everybody, we could fill these bags up. And you know what? We could not only be thankful in here, we could, we could make somebody else's day. You know, wouldn't it be great if we could say, thank you, Lord, and we could be the cause for somebody else to say, thank you, Lord. Wouldn't that be a win-win? And then the last thing that we could do, again, this is the personal part. This is the personal part. We could set about keeping the vows that we made to God. You know, God is faithful, and God always keeps his promises. And what if we just said, all right, God, because I'm thankful, I'm going to keep my promises too. I'm going to keep my promises. Now, I don't know what private promises you've made to God, you know, at, at a time that you didn't know if you were going to make it through and you said, all right, God, if you just help me make through this, then I promise. I don't know what you said to God, but I do know that if you are a baptized part of this, this body of Christ, I do know the promises that you made when you were baptized. I'm just going to remind you real quick. When you were baptized, you were asked this question, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? And if you were baptized, you said, I do, or something like that. I do. That's a vow that you make before God and everybody, right? And then you were asked, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And they're still around, y'all. And when you were baptized, you said, I do. That's a vow. And you said, you, you were Ask this question, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? And you said, I do. Before the waters of baptism ever touched you, you said, I promise. And then if you joined this church, if you joined Gaston First United Methodist Church, you were asked this question. You were asked, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church? Will you uphold it with your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service and your witness? And you said when you joined, I will. That's a vow. Wouldn't the world be a better place if we all just kept our promises, the ones we made to God. Wouldn't our, wouldn't our church be a better church if we all just did what we said we'd do? Let's be promise keepers. Let's, let's be the ones who publicly and privately say, thank you, God. Let's be the ones who pour out our lives in service. Because you know when you pour out your cup in service, God keeps filling your cup. That's the cool thing. And then let's be the ones, let's be the ones who say, like Bob Dylan said, I don't deserve it, Lord, but I sure did make it through 
So now what can I do for you? What can I do for you, God? Let's pray. Lord, um, we're just reminded over and over again of, of your goodness and your mercy and your grace toward us. Where would we be without you? Where could we go except to you? And now in our hearts, now in our hearts, we ask the question, what can I give to you? As a, as a thank offering for all the bounty that you've given to me. And Lord, help us to do more than think it. Help us to act. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn is a little short hymn, but it's got a, a powerful message. It's hymn number 389, and I, I want you to sing it with, with me here uh, in this sanctuary or in, in your own homes, wherever you are. Sing with us, number 389, Freely, Freely. Let's stand. I hear this benediction as thankful people, let us go forth to serve and give in love. Amen.